And this Go. ball in the air, deep right center Go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, he'll watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR20 so you'll save 20% off your entire purchase of the CBD-infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. And on this episode, we conclude our conversation with beat writer Patrick Lyons and DNVR avalanche guru A.J. Hayfley debating the current state of the Colorado Rockies. We're going to jump right back into it here. We were getting into kind of the definitions of what it means to have Colorado Rockies culture. But before we can do that, I'll tell you some people that have some culture. That's Hassle Cattle Company. They know what's going on out there. They know how to treat their beef. They know how to get you the best beef in the world. So you got to check them out at HasselCattleCompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com. No hormones, no antibiotics, free range beef that isn't going to kill your wallet. The stuff is really, really good for you. The Wagyu beef out there uh, just setting a whole new trend. They've completely changed the way I'm buying beef. It could end up being the absolute same for you. So check them out. Give them a chance. Use promo code DNVR10. You'll save 10% off. And if you order over 200 bucks, you get free shipping. So really nothing to lose. Without further ado, let's get right back into this debate. That's what I'm just saying. It's my favorite. Yeah. When, you, yeah. when you say, like, who are they? They either don't know or they're a 94-win team. They kind of think that they're a no. That's no, 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 no. That's you and can't quote the, the owner shooting off to, at the mouth and saying ridiculous nonsense. That's they not how the rest of the people. That's I, I, I wholeheartedly disagree. I think the Colorado Rockies do know who they are, and I can cite several things that they've done, uh, particularly in this offseason with identifying the particularly the bullpen issues and the pitching. Now they strayed from who they were. They knew who they were starting in 2016. Moving through that next race, they built as a pitching first, defense first, run prevention first team that just held on to the superstar position players that they have. Every move that they made was built around that starting rotation and that bullpen. And then they went to the NLDS and got approximately four base hits. And they got embarrassed. <laughs> and everybody said the Colorado Rock and, and the people who've been complaining about the second best team, it's kind of. I, was, I hope it's kind of funny. <laughs> the people have been complaining about the second best team in Colorado Rockies history all year. There were the three biggest stories when the Colorado Rockies won 91 games in 2018. One, Nolan's never going to sign a big, long contract here. Oops. Two, John Gray is a mental case. Oops. And three, the offense is absolutely terrible. Okay, that one turned out to be true. But the offense was bad. They won 91 games anyway. Who gives a shit? But then they couldn't hit. So they went, well, DJ LeMay, he was an empty bat. 
We don't have to prioritize him. Let's go get the best hitter in the history of the modern history of the postseason. Go look at his numbers. That's what. That's why they got Daniel Murphy because he's a postseason hitter. And you can't use him if you don't get there. They prioritize, and, and in that move, they screwed themselves. They prioritized right. offense over run prevention for the first time in Jeff Breidich's tenure. And say what you will about the 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 super bullpen that didn't work. At least he had the right priorities. They just didn't work oh, yeah. out properly. The, the, Daniel Murphy and Ian Desmond were legitimate disasters because they spent resources in places that were against your identity. But since that move, since the Desmond disaster, they've gone back to, okay, let's just bring in pitchers. Everything this offseason has been about stacking up on the arms. And so, again, like – I'm of the they? estimation that are they still that 2018 team or are they the team that has been under 500 the last two seasons now? They're both. They are both of those teams. As I have said many, many times, they're both of the only window of relevance, though. Window of relevance, right? I'm not saying mm. they have, they have, they are closer to who they are in 2018 saying, than to who they were in 19 and 20. But I'm not saying they're going to be, you know, a whipping post. I think maybe they're closer to one or the other, but they're kind of in the middle. they just have relevance. Well, and, and actually, Daniel comes in with an interesting question here with, is this a make or break season for Bud Black? Because that's the Great other question. thing. There, there are two things that I don't think people are accounting for enough right now with where the Colorado Rockies currently are. One is that in this season that I know people are saying, we're not really overrating this 60-game season. Everybody is. It's hard not to do it, and they looked bad, and it's hard not to go, God, they looked awful. I guess they're just awful now. But one, talking about their division, they played all of their games against the Dodgers and the Padres. Zero games against the Reds and the Marlins and the whomevers. Next year, they're actually going to get to play the Central and the East a little bit. That should help out a little bit. But the, the biggest thing for me, I do. But the other thing, this playing the Central. Yeah, you're right. The East has got, especially now that the Mets are sucks. We'll see. The Centrals. The Centrals. See, if they were in the Central right now, I would be like, go, 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 go. Well, right. And with the Dodgers and Padres, it's like. And you don't forget in the East, there's Atlanta and the Mets. So two wild cards. Well, we'll see. And again, the Mets have done this before, and we'll see if the Padres stay doing. Again, I think there's Fair. a lot of people saying, we're living in the new reality. The Mets are great, the Padres are great, and the Rockies are crap. And it's like, whoo, all of those things have only been true for about 100 games. So let's, let's you know, maybe pump the brakes. But the, big, the biggest thing for me actually is this, that I do think that whether people believe it or accept it or not, there's way more pressure on not just Bud Black, <laughs> but if Nolan Arenado starts out the season on the Colorado Rockies roster, and I believe that he will, he's basically playing – in a contract year, you've got the most motivated version of all of these guys. Same thing with Trevor Story. He's literally playing in a contract year unless he signs an extension. Uh, a lot of these other guys. So for me, it's like, no, I believe that for these next two or three years, until these pitchers are free agents and haven't been extended, you know, I worry about John Gray walking like anybody else. Oh, not like anybody. I should say there are people here in the country. A lot of people, not big believers in John Gray, but like people who believe well, in ERA+. Plus. But, but is Bud Black Thank on the hot seat? That's the question. So Maybe. So Don maybe. Baylor, right. So Don Baylor, after that 95 season, he got they three, have to be four good. years, right. and then he was done. And so Bud Black, okay, whatever, say what you will about 2020, but this would be the third straight losing season. Clint Hurdle got a year and change after going to the World Series. Uh, right. So, I mean, and again, New, let's say let's say there something goes down and the GM goes. Well, now the GM's got to bring in their own guy. <laughs> so okay. that's another potential that you could see. So I think, right. and again, I, I think Bud Black has done a very good job with his team. Still the only guy to go to back-to-back postseasons. But 
Is he on the hot seat? Yeah, maybe. And, I, and, I, and I'll also say, I don't think there's a 0% chance the GM gets fired and replaced also. And then all yeah. of a sudden, if the GM does get fired and replaced in a month or two, are we saying, well, sh shoot, it's a good thing they didn't trade all those guys that we wanted them because maybe now this new guy can build in the way that, that while no one has faith in him, and I get why, I don't have faith in Jeff Breidich. I do have faith in that group of players that I just named. And I don't think you need all of them to be good because with this starting rotation, I think if Tapia's league average and Ryan McMahon and Brendan Rodgers are pretty good and your bullpen is good, this team's right back in the hunt for a wild card spot. If this doesn't make, if that doesn't, and again, I, I, get, I understand that reaction. I get that reaction. No, just, I, I agree just, with you. If, if you I have a good rotation and you have a good bullpen, you're going to be a good baseball team. Like, but that's the thing. They do have a good rotation. And I, I think I they're on the verge of having a good bullpen. The fact that they're – that's I wish people would just talk about that part of the team more because everyone wants to make it about the, the lineup. And it's just like, dude, I get there after the first three guys, they're not that exciting. But you get Scott Oberg back on this team, a healthy Carlos Estevez, and then – two or three of the six guys they've just brought into the organization end up being fine, then you've got a good starting rotation, a good bullpen. That puts you in the mix. I mean, really what, need, what, is that, what you're painting is essentially, to a degree, what the, the Los Angeles Angels have been. is a team that they're in second or third place in their division every year, and they have the 18th pick in the draft, and it doesn't really go anywhere. And I think that's the worry is like, yeah, if they're content, I, everything you just said isn't far, isn't far fetched to say, okay, all these things go right and not, not perfect, but go right. And maybe they're in the hunt, whatever that might mean. But if they're, they only win like 84 games, that will make for a good season, but you've ultimately missed the mark. And again, you're, you're not benefited in the draft the next year. And there's going to be some fun memories. Fine but with it. Yeah, and, and and that's fine, and and I and I would understand that because you want again. There's going to be that relevance there. I, I think this team is at least good enough to to do what they typically do, which is play well in April through May to give you some hope. Uh, and maybe that's all you need. Maybe that's all you need is that hope. You get somebody at the trade deadline. I think that's that's perpetually what Colorado has been is that team where hey, hopefully if they just catch fire, we can add a couple pieces at the deadline and maybe do something. And you know, after 28 seasons, I think there's a lot of fans that are a little bit fed up with that strategy and say, let's let's do something different. I, but regardless, like. I don't know. I don't know that the owner and, and front office have solutions. But I've, I've mentioned about it again. You could tank. Right. You could do that. Right. And like you can you rebuild could, and, and try to have that bad for the next five years. But yeah, yeah, that is that. Is, you're right. Fans. That is an you're option on the table. Do Do you think Cubs fans? Would I've, I've actually. I've been waiting to ask you this question. Can Can I flip this on you? Because I, I I thought about this the other day. I want I wanted to ask you this. I want to ask you both this because. This is great. This is, uh, what, oh, this is so fantastic because we weren't even planning on doing this today. Um, the Chicago Cubs won that World Series in Game 7 in extra innings. And they got their parade. Flip it. One play. Changed nothing about baseball history, but one play. Give Cleveland a walk-off an inning earlier. That's all. Everything else in baseball history stays the same. The Cubs do their teardown. They're terror. No, no, no. I'm. I mean, yeah, I know you're saying it doesn't actually exist. You're, but, you're, but, but I'm not even changing yeah. that much. All, all, I but I'm saying, yeah, I'm sorry. Just ahead. the one sort. Just the World Series, man. That's all it is. But one play. Yeah. Yeah. But of course, it's something. Right, right, but right. to to act like because the Cubs 
won the World Series. It validates their teardown and rebuild. It is to say that because on that flip of a coin in extras in a game seven, if it went Cleveland's way, would it still have been worth it? For Cleveland? Did they not? Did but they would not it have, have been worth it? But, 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 answer, but, that's not, um, but answer the question. For Chicago fans to go through four years of purposefully being terrible, then go through a couple of years of being good, one of them you get to the World Series, but you lose in Game 7. And then you steadily get worse, and now you're back in the stage where you have to tear down and rebuild all over again, and you never got your parade. And so I'll, Was I'll, it worth it for Chicago fans in that scenario? I'll, I'll, I'll go first. Okay. And I'll Fair go enough. first and say you, you can't change all the details in this. Fine. They don't win the World Series. But here's why it was worth it. They've gone to the postseason five of the last six years. That's beyond relevant. That's a okay. If you say that's worth it, then I I, I, I agree. I, I think that's fair. I'm just asking if it takes the World Series. Still, hey, we're still on the cusp. Look at Kansas City. They lost in 14. They won in 15. What do you know? Again, they, they still had those guys. And you, you look at the San Francisco Giants. They weren't very good. Kansas City didn't Kansas City didn't tank on purpose to build that team, though. Kansas City built that team internally because they were bad and they drafted. That was a much more of a rocky situation. I'm talking about purposefully tanking yeah. and what, it, what makes purposefully tanking look, worth it in the end. Re, a rebuild is a rebuild. However, the sausage gets made when you're building from the ground up. It doesn't really matter what your intentions are. It's you. You know, you could say the Kansas City Royals weren't purposely tanking because they didn't. They they weren't a team with the resources <laughs> to go out and spend a ton of money. That's their life. That's their existence. <laughs> What's that? So uh, that's. I guess that's really I don't the difference. Want your life. <laughs> it's yeah. It's. Oh, it's. It's. They're, that's who they are, man. That's their identity. That's what they right. have to do. But right. That's. It's not just them. You look at. You look That's at most the of the Oakland teams A's. in baseball. How many right. times is the, how many times have we seen the Oakland A's? They just for some reason they can just find these guys. They find a Marcus Simeon out of nowhere. They find the Chapman. You know they they build a really good team with the resources that they have. And they, you roll the dice when you get to the postseason. We all know that that's true in baseball. That's why my you argument just, this whole time has been just, just grab a wild dice, card baby. spot. That's what I'm saying. Now you're making my argument. Now you're making my argument. Just get to the dance, baby. No, we're not. Yes, we are. That's exactly exactly the same. I agree. I don't think that tanking is the only way to do that. That's all. But I agree. Get to the dance. It should be your goal every single season to get to the dance. Absolutely. I just don't think that tanking is the only way to do it. And I think this team can get to the dance each of the next three years with the rotation they've got. I just And you got to play for that. If you can get to the dance – you got to play for that. And this part team of the math, part of the math of getting to the dance is recognizing where you are, though, recognizing the competition around you, recognizing the realistic where odds. they are or where you think they are. Well, we're going to find out where they are, man. The Dodgers are, are firmly at the top. The Dodgers are firmly at the top. All right. That's one spot where the Rockies cannot be right now. Not getting Boom, that take one. one out. OK, yep. and then you have no one. I, I I won't say you. I'll say I. I have no idea what the Diamondbacks are doing or what they're going to be or yeah. where they're going. I have no idea. The Giants, who knows with those guys? Who they're knows? I don't they're legit bad them, right now. I don't expect them to be very good, so I'm not all that concerned. But, you know, they weird stuff happens to that organization. The Padres, I think, are a legitimate problem. And the thing that I think is different about this offseason from when they've won many offseasons in the past 
is that a lot of their off seasons in the past, we knew that they were they those things weren't going to work out. We knew I mean, that you and I did, but yeah. me, I mean, <laughs> smart baseball people knew that the things that they were doing. His words, not mine. Were His not words, going, not mine. Yeah, I'm, I'm not on a Rocky's pot every day. I have no consequences. <laughs> I'm just saying some reporters. Smart, smart baseball people knew that the, what the Padres were doing was foolhardy. Right. And this is different. This is absolutely different. And it we is. know that. We yep. know that. And that's the problem. That's what's scary about them is that this is real, okay? So now there's one spot gone. There's two spots gone. Okay? But you know what? The best the, the Padres can do, because they're not going to win the division either, is also play for one game. That, and that's all good and well. They want to get they want to get dirty and they want to tussle in the mud that the Dodgers are in. Get nasty, dog. Have at it. Those two teams can go. But between the NL East and the NL West at the very tip top of those divisions – you are talking about some – this is a problem. If they were in the Central right now, I am fully with you, man. Gung-ho, all all whatever ahead. God, that's a terrible team. problem for baseball. It's a huge problem for baseball. the problem with yeah. the conversation and, and, and how you, um, you know, purport things to be a little, Drew. Because the, the Padres have the same issues as, as the Rockies. Oh, you're in the same division as the Dodgers. They're going to win it. They're always going to win it. The Padres think they can win it, and they yeah, but they're not. So no, they, they can't. Forward. No, they're not. <laughs> okay, so AJ, you just said that what if the if Team Canada was going to win the uh, World Junior Championship, that you'd have to sing "O Canada" with Rudos. Yeah, give me what do I got to do if the Padres win the division? Give the it to me. Years? It should be the no next this season. year. No, no, That's give me fine. this year. It, give it, me it, this it year. Be all three, but we'll just do this year. That's fine. Yeah. What do, what do I, I mean? Give it to me. Right Comments. In. Anybody got to anybody? Because I'll, I'll do what it takes, man. The Padres are not going to win the division in 2021. So they're playing for the same one game play in as everybody else. Boy, this is baseball's big problem got, right here. Yes, it is. Isn't this garbage? We should be playing divisionless and and oh, oh, actually I mean, seated like, baseball. Just, just seated. Post, yeah. The postseason post thing is, is garbage. Is, it's, it's garbage. We got, you're we, from the other sports that do it a little here bit. Here we go. Chris coming in saying I got to wear a Padres hat. There we go. Oh, Should I have on. to wear that's, a – Come on. That's, that's pretty weak. Oh, buy a, Dod, a DJ Dodgers jersey. <laughs> yes, they actually sign with the Dodgers for that to happen. in a wallet. Eat a ghost pepper is a good one. Okay. Either Yeah, you go hit him in the wallet with the DJ Dodgers jersey, which again – Yeah, I'm not sure I can afford that. DJ jersey. <laughs> I got one DJ word. A jersey. I got mm-hmm. one word. Eyebrows. Okay. But what <laughs> what do you do when they're a wild card team? Well, hold on. I'm not the one that, that said any of those things. All right. I'm just Dodgers are just guaranteed to be the NL West champions forever. What I'm saying is that don't, forever, don't be in the truth. You can plan for a window of contention, as AJ is saying, so that you can actually battle this team, not for an entire decade, but for a, a chance to do it over the course of three years. And this is precisely what the Padres have done. I'm just saying that I have spoken with the least amount of confidence about what's going to happen three, four, five years from now of anybody on this podcast. So I'm just saying, I don't think they're going to be good. I don't think they're going to win the division next year. Of course, they're going to be good. They're going to be the second best team in the National League West. They might even be, they're probably the second best team in the National League. But in my estimation, mm-hmm. 
by a comfortable margin, they are behind the Los Angeles Dodgers. So no, I, I've, I've, I've got, I've got the Dodgers very comfortably winning the division. I, I, I don't you. think the Padres are within five games of them. Uh, I'd, I'd be more inclined to say that they'll finish eight or more games behind the Dodgers. I also think people are just getting way overexcited about the Padres right now, and we still need to see it for more than a sixty-game sample size, but. We'll find out. Anybody else want to want to throw a bet up there against it too? Because, like I said, like I'm willing to put my eyebrows where my mouth is. Well, that's not quite right. That's gross. But uh, no, man. Like I, you know, I'm I'm not the one out here saying this is definitely what's going to happen three four years from now. I'm saying let's let some things play out. Let's find out. Because I'm not punting on the notion that the Dod or the Padres are just too much of a a powerhouse to overcome. That they that the Rockies shouldn't play for a one game play in because then they'll have to play probably the Padres in that one game. Let's, let's let some shit play out first. That's where I'm at. Yeah, but you can't manage an organization like that. No, but I don't have to make those decisions right that's, now. If but, I'm running the Colorado Rockies, that's not in charge that does, but and we're that's right. our problem, right? But like, no, not really. Doesn't... Because again, I don't, I, I disagree because you can make those decisions when push comes to shove. You don't have to make them with a certitude about other people being superior than you are right this second when you haven't even gone out there and played the games. But there are, there are consequences to not making decisions the same as there are consequences <laughs> starting to when? making them. But starting when? Start, so starting at the end of the season, halfway through the season? Yeah, you can, right. You can put the trade deadline yeah. and you have yeah. to start playing guys. And I've said many, many times, if they come out in 2021 and they're awful in the first half, then they got to make big moves and they got to move these guys. That's a different conversation, though. I'm talking about going into this year right yeah. now. You got to try to get play. To, you got to play for the dance. You got to play to get into the well, dance. I don't, right even, now. I mean, well, I don't even disagree ask. with you yeah. on that. I mean, that's just looking at them. This right, I'm just saying in general, I'll play to the right world. now. Yeah. But I would say that's even inaccurate too because, you know, you go back to 2019, they they could have maybe realized, wow, you know what? We got the best that we could have. Again, theoretically, we got the best we could have out of this roster. We went to back-to-back postseasons. You know what? Let's go ahead and see what we can get for Trevor Story. And so, now you have one see, I don't think they did Trevor Story. Have the no, all I'm saying is they thought are, we're going to get much better out of this, right? But that's that's where I think people get. It's not just you go, hey, they can play until you know July and then make a deal. Well, the return you get on on Trevor, a Trevor story, if you will, is going to be much less than it would have been, let's say, in 2019 or 2020, and that's part of the consequences. That's all I'm saying. I, yeah, I I don't. I will say though that uh, where I'm I'm what not do you sure. Mean you buy it? You're talking about three years of control versus one. Because you're not going to trade Trevor's story after two consecutive postseasons when your team has yet to fulfill their total potential and you're sitting at over 500 going into the trade deadline month. You're not trading the best player on your team. Cleveland just did that t- with Francisco Lindor. You don't think Cleveland has was a better gross. understanding of what's going on than the Colorado Rockies? I don't know. Tampa Bay just went to the I World Series gross. and they traded their ace and Blake Snell. You don't think, think they've got a better really idea of what's gross. going on in the Colorado Rockies? I Whether or not it's, it's gross or it's good or bad for the game is irrelevant in terms of trying to trying to compete. We'll that's see. What, that's what matters, man. Thank we'll you, see Jay. over these next couple of years Thank if you, these teams Jay. that keep treating their players this way uh, uh, manage to continue to compete. Because we're, we'll we're see. Like a decade into this with the Rays, aren't we? Yeah, but there, but, but we're we're Murray at a push comes to shove moment with the CBA right now. We're, we're we're at a okay. If you guys say so, we'll see. 
we'll see. That's why they play the games. They don't. Uh, we don't do it on paper. We don't do it based on what the experts say. Yeah, I mean, uh, we we got to play the games out there on the field. Aren't we twenty years into the A's doing this? Yeah. Doing what? Getting into the first round occasionally and losing every single time? What are what the, we? The Rockies what are the, to do that. They've yeah, only been in the playoffs four times. You take that? No, you no, take- not really. Not not for having nobody on the team that's ever consistent. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. So you wouldn't you wouldn't take consistent success over two decades, like twelve playoff appearances. It hasn't. It it all depends on how you define success. In my estimation, the Oakland A's have not been consistently successful. But that's a completely different conversation. No, 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 hold on. So go answer your own question then. Would it have been worth it for the for the Cubs then? Yeah, and they, if you change it, if you change yeah. it, and they lose yeah. it, it's still it's still worth it for them. No, for in my estimation, so why is it if you're worth it for the Cubs and not the A's for two decades. In my estimation, if you're of that mindset, then it's probably worth it for that amount of success. I am against tanking. There's no amount of success that makes it okay in my book. So it's I was just asking you guys because it's it's your philosophy. I was just, I was legitimately curious. Like and for the people out there, what am, and and it's a and it's a fair question. I think everyone should ask. People have asked me on Twitter, what amount of success legitimizes or justifies tanking? And some people would say any amount of success. If you tank for three years and that means that you're better than you would have been for the next five, then it was worth it. And I say, okay, but that fair has, enough. That's, that has nothing. Some to do people would say you got to win a World Oakland. Series. Oakland is sure. Cleveland, right, right, Cleveland right. is not tanking. Cleveland is rebuilding in a creative way. Same thing with Tampa Bay. So that's right. actually not a part of, of this conversation at all, really. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, 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 I was asked the question. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I was just answering the question. Would I rather be, would I rather follow a team that is a first round exit every single year and doesn't have the same roster from year to year? My answer to that question is no, there's no culture of baseball in places like Oakland. Yeah, there's, there's, but there's, there's no going out in the first round. You just you playoff contender. They just Fine. get to the playoffs. Whatever happens from there, again, you know, this is baseball. Anything is possible. Okay. And I can't buy a jersey and I can't, you know, I get it. P- different things matter That's differently to, to different people in baseball. And we're, we're allowed to decide what matters to us. And I think a lot of people have decided that the Colorado Rockies shouldn't care about their superstar players because that's what keeps them from winning the World Series. As though the Oakland A's have, won the World Series. Does it, keeping the superstar players keep them from getting into the postseason? There's a debate there. I don't think that it's necessarily the thing that does. It depends on how you mash up your roster. But in my estimation, no. I would much rather be a team, a fan of a team over the last 20 years where I can have my Larry Walker and my Todd Helton and my Carlos Gonzalez and my Nolan Arenado jerseys than being a fan of the Oakland A's. Who, whose jersey do I have? And am I really super stoked that we're out in the first round. I was a Nuggets fan for years. Was I allowed to be excited about being a first round exit every year? I, yeah, well, that's not a fair comparison. I, I know, I know, I know, because everybody, I know, I know, because everybody gets I in. Think, I think it, it is different. Honest, it is. It's two different types of fans. And I think, Drew, you absolutely have the right. I, I totally respect that. It's like you want that safety and that comfort, and, and success does come with that. But other people just want the success. Some people but only want the wins, say, baby, no matter what. You want the right. Would I mean? I'm but just, that's not I'm every sports about, fan out there, man. I'm curious about this perspective because you say for the Oakland days it's not worth it. But what about? I mean, what about Tampa Bay? They've made multiple World Series. They haven't won one, 
but they've right. been multiple times. Is that worth it? For how they Not run to me. business? I would a thousand times over rather be a Colorado Rockies fan than a Tampa Bay Rays fan who play in a garbage arena, who get I mean, rid of their players all the time, who don't have a culture of baseball, who have no history to celebrate, nothing to hang their hat on. Who comes back to Tampa Bay yeah, but, Legends Day? Their Legends Day would be great, but you're right. The fans wouldn't really who cares right and and it's like you know if they do win the big one even that'll be like funky and 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 weird and it'll just be like cool the team that played the blackjack game better than everybody else that's that has no culture of baseball it's baseball it's not it's not all a sports why are it's you baseball the, more than why are you the arbiter of their culture though how do I'm they not, have I just don't like culture it. than the Rockies? I, it's just for me, for me what's personally. The Rockies, what's the Rockies culture? It's the like Rockies Coors culture Coors is the Blake Street Bombers and Coors Field and the pitcher and Jeff Cook and Aaron Francis and Jorge. Uh, what? You <laughs> <got those backwards. laughs> Hold on. Jeff Hold Cook on. and Aaron Francis. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying they had John Ottavino and her men. Yeah. Okay, this needs to be a game. This needs to be a game. No, I, like I just, it. I, I'm like, the Rockies are Todd Helton. They're cargo. They are... They're too low. That and and look, and they're also the and a lot of people, right? And and that's and people hate that, and that's fine. And yeah. and Chris is saying the Rockies are a culture of losing, and I understand a lot of people feel that way, and are they that's not? fine. Uh, sure. I mean, uh, any more than. A lot of I mean, other teams like, in the history of baseball. Let's, let's be realistic. Like they, you can yeah. romanticize Coors Field all you want. The Blake Street Bombers, dude. We were kids when that happened. Kids, uh -huh. and then we literally went through Todd and the Toddlers. Yeah, like a team went to the World true? Series, yeah, and then they and were that, right back in the postseason two years after that, and they should have been right back in the postseason because, after that. Yeah, but because you, you're who you are with the Rockies, you know that that's not culture. That's yes, it that, is. You, Yes, That's it is. Not, it absolutely no, no. I will not let you. One hundred percent culture. Come that on, that is absolutely culture. That is what. That is more widely known. That is still what the Rockies are known for, more than anything else. That's yeah. not even true. Not not. That's not even true. Right now, they're known for Nolan Arenado, Trevor Story, and Charlie Blackman. That's what so they're, they're known. They, for. They're the organization that has star players and no success, and that's that's the culture you're okay with. That's not how I would frame the culture, but sure. If you want me to put it that way, yeah, that's the culture I'm okay with. Yes, I'm okay with it. Rockies fans, you hear me? Yes, that is the culture I'm okay with. That is what we have. There Such are a lot of other teams out there who have not won. The Pittsburgh Pirates went in my lifetime over 15 years without a winning season. The Philadelphia Phillies went 20 years without appearing in the postseason. These and teams, the Baltimore the Orioles, the Kansas City Royals, whatever it is, there are a lot of teams series. out there that don't. Congratulations. The Rockies will win a World Series in my lifetime. And the culture that has been there the entire time will be a huge part of what makes that special. I'm not going to deny the culture in the meantime, from now until that point and say, well, it doesn't really matter. This is all crap. And actually, Jorge De La Rosa wasn't really any good. And Yubaldo Jimenez was only good for one season. Garbage. All of it garbage. 
Carlos Gonzalez, Troy Tulowitzki, that's actual culture. Nolan Arenado, Trevor Story, yes, those guys are culture. The fact that the Colorado Rockies have the best rotation they've ever had in their history right now, and it was all built through internal young player development, drafting and developing of these young men who to come up and deal with this impossible situation better than anybody has ever dealt with it including john gray and scott oberg that is culture my friends and they have to and that stuff is culture and so and the blake street bombers is culture todd and the toddlers is culture yeah going to the world series in 07 was culture all of this stuff it's all of all, all of the, these I things combine to create a legitimate Colorado Rockies culture that there are plenty of teams in baseball who are just as bad, if not worse than the Colorado Rockies, that they do not have. You had something here, AJ, talking about culture. Are they, are they parts of the culture or is that one whole yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, this this would be a whole other podcast that we could do just on what culture is and how you define it and how we're all the result of that. I think the 2007 World Series was a result of the culture. The, the back-to-back postseason appearances that they just had was a result of a certain culture. What was it? It was draft, develop, and get it done at a high level. And I think that those happening a decade apart goes to show you, okay, what worked? What worked and what didn't? That should be the culture that you try to reinforce. Why does everybody in the world love the St. Louis Cardinals and have <laughs> all the respect in the world for what yeah. they do? Because they built a specific culture, a culture with certain expectations, certain demands, and they live up to it. They don't hope for things to happen for them. They don't hope for good stuff to fall out of the sky and land on them. They create it through a consistent culture. And I think that's where, as a lifelong Rockies fan, I have been frustrated by the organization is that I don't believe they fostered that level of a culture, one that I trust in and can buy into and be a part of. Blake Street Bombers was a ton of fun. It's the exact kind of thing that makes lifelong baseball fans out of kids like like us. And the, you know, the 2007 World Series team is one that we're all going to remember forever. Kyle Freeland against the Cubs is something that we're all going to remember forever. Those are all touchstone moments in Rockies history, and they're a result of specific culture. And I think that where I'm worried about current Rockies malaise, I guess, kind of the the fog around the organization right now, is that they kind of lack some of that. They lack that identity. They lack that culture. And that's what concerns me. When I say the Rays and the A's and all that look – They have accepted life without star players sticking around. And they've made the most of that because they say, this is who we are. This is how we're going to operate. We're going to win some. We're going to lose some. But as long as we're winning more than we're losing, we're okay with that. And I think the Rockies are on the other side of that. And I think that bothers me. I think the key word that you said that that might kind of, you know, not level the playing field, but be the kind of indicator of what the Rockies are not doing and maybe what these other teams are doing, as you said, is that consistency. And so while teams might have to, you know, trade away their, their top players, like, like a Tampa Bay, um, there's consistency in it where they say, okay, once a guy gets to a certain threshold, we know we got to trade him to get younger guys. And it's this cycle, which is painful 
for fans. And Tampa has never had any fans to begin with. What I was going to say, Tampa <laughs> doesn't have any fans. If they Oakland did didn't have, have that many fans either. If they yeah. did have, and, they'd be pissed. Not just because Blake's not And this is part of the reason why, Charlie though. Morton. But it, they are it, it absolutely is. And they that's win. like... But they do look, win, but this is part of the reason why they don't have any fans. It's not just the bad front office in Colorado. You have an ideal situation, right? Because you have yeah. a team that can spend 100%. a team that can spend enough to keep the stars that the really creative and awesome front office goes out and gets and develops and all of that stuff. And then you would also have the jewel that is Coors Field. But and- the problem is, is that your stadium cannot be the best part about your organization. It can't. Yeah. You know, Drew wrote a fantastic article. I mean, a Hall article. of Famer plays third base. That's pretty cool. But Drew, it's, Drew, hold on. You awesome wrote a really good article about <laughs> that. You wrote a really good article about that. It's not like how AJ said, hey, why doesn't why don't they just go out, get all the, the best exec, you know, front office people yeah. in Tampa Bay's front office, say, hey, look, we're gonna pay you this much more. We'll give you a raise. Why hasn't that happened for Colorado? Go back and read Drew's article. Jeff Breidich does not run this team. He right. makes certain decisions <laughs> right he does say hey here are some great options i have he can't just do that he is not it is not it, go ahead aj i'm sorry I, do that, i hear something in my headphones what that's culture yeah well and and that's and that's what i've written about a lot lately and over the years in the one place where i i do come back and and remind rockies fans that it is about the owner the owner is the one who sets all and it's nice to believe that if they just brought in the Rays GM team, they'd run things like the Rays. But if the owner is still overruling that, look, Jeff Breidich is a, an analytic mind. I know people don't believe that, but it doesn't matter what people believe. It's <laughs> they might true. call him other things, but analytic mind is one of those things. And that's one of the many things Jeff Breidich has been called on my mentions lately. Um, you put that on his Tinder profile. Things I've been called. <laughs> Things have been called. It's a long list. Uh, Jeff Breidich thinks in terms of dollar per war, war per position, war per batting at, or war per at bat, war per game played in, particularly mm-hmm. adjusted to Coors Field. They've got their own. I I promise you this. Jeff Breidich has his own internal metrics about ERA plus and WRC plus and all these other things. So yeah, if if you don't sign that, because as I've I've long believed and said to Patrick many times that it's nice to think we'll just run things like the A's and the Rays and don't get so attached to this superstar player problem. But there's one other thing on top of that that you've got to consider because it's not just the superstar players. It's guys who are new to Coors Field and not just Coors Field, but Coors Field and the Coors Field hangover effect and the throwing at the dartboard, not just for pitchers, Look at Marco Scudero or Ian Desmond or Daniel Murphy or whomever, and they're they're hitting numbers before they came to Coors Field and what they did here. Some guys can hack it here, some can't. And maybe the A's and Rays thing of just constantly churn the roster over could work here. We don't know because we've never seen it tried, right? Maybe it could. Should they? I have a hard time believing. Maybe get back to that. Get back to that. If they should or not, but continue with your point. Because, yeah, because the point for me has always been like, it, it seems it's at the very least counterintuitive to me because so many guys who come in here from elsewhere go, oh, damn, this. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And 
it, it does take a special cat. And I think, you know, look at John Gray and Herman Marquez and Kyle Freeland and Antonio Sensatella. Look at Scott Oberg and him coming up through the organization and then the couple of years it took him to figure it out and then he became the second best reliever in baseball. It's hard to get used to that pitching in one place and then on the road, hitting in one place and then going on the road. And to bring a guy in for a year because the rest of the league is undervaluing him and use him as a utility guy who plays twice a week, the way the Rays do with all these kinds of guys. And I, I, I don't know that it works here. So on the one hand, you might be right that the Rockies, if they didn't play here, could do that, that their ownership and their and their players and all these other things could work out. But for me, it's just like they're stuck having to keep their star players that they have. They want to keep them, but they're also stuck having to build a team around star players because those between guy making $3 million and guy making $20 million, you want to sign the, we were talking about Kevin Kiermeyer the other day, right? You want to get $11 million Kevin Kiermeyer in here? You better trade for him because you're not signing him. Not to come here where the altitude is hell on your body and you've got to deal with the home and away effect and now you're, you can't hit on the road. You will put up the worst road hitting numbers of your career here or the worst home pitching numbers of your career here. Everybody knows it now. The secret's out. So I, I, I don't know that they can be that team that wheels and deals all the time. I could be wrong about this. This is one because we've never seen it. Right. That's it, part, this is 100% theory. That's what, you know, you're, it makes a lot of sense. Where you, if you go, you know, odds would, would suggest that somebody that they brought in, in in free agency or something like that would stick and would be able to adapt to – uh, to altitude, and maybe some guys have. And, and I can and name maybe, one. There, there. Yeah, there's been a handful <laughs> of guys coming from other organizations who do that. But, but I think there's this idea for me, at least, going well. You know, they keep doing the same thing over and over again, or slight deviations of. And again, they're doing some new things now, and we know kind of how they they've approached this young starting rotation has been successful. And yeah, okay, 2019 and 2020 not very good. Again, one of the worst 10 in, in baseball, but they still have that, those core starting pitchers and you go, the rotation was still good. Yeah. The rotation was still good. So they, they have figured that out, but you know, it hasn't been working. And just because we haven't seen something else doesn't mean it might not necessarily work. It, it just feels like insanity doing the same thing in many ways over and over again and expecting different results. And they haven't quite, they haven't quite, gotten that they haven't quite figured that out and i think that's that's essentially the, the and i just don't think we've been in that i just don't and that's where i think our biggest disagreement comes is i just don't think they've been in that element of trying the same thing for long enough for that to apply right because in my estimation i mean of of because they've been uh, we've talked about this right they've made fewer transactions than anybody else in baseball since jeff yeah. breidich took over right but before that that was not the case dealing dan was making moves all the damn time aj's old enough to remember that. i remember <laughs> yeah. that like five late deal that they made. <laughs> yeah that was right. fun like there was a time and and maybe that was more fun you know but in my sure. estimation so again if and I, I, I understand why, pe why people roll their eyes, but hang with me for just a second. If the Colorado Rockies, instead of winning 84 games, as you put it, Patrick, next year, win 87 games, and they get that second wild card spot, and they do go up against the Padres, and hey, it's one game, so they knock them off, and so they end up playing in the NLDS again. Well, then Jeff Breidich will have made the 
postseason and this team under this particular, you know, run prevention first and, and this basic iteration of it will have now made the postseason three times. And that's way more than Dan O'Dowd ever did when he was dealing around and doing all this wild stuff and all that stuff. But, but if it goes the other way, that's why, why Will's question or no, Daniel's question about the hot seats was so great because for me, I am, I really am on that precipice. It may seem like I'm out here telling you team's going to be great. They're going to be awesome. They're going to the postseason next year. It's like, I think there's a chance. I do think they can turn this thing around. I think the window is open and I think somebody has got to put their hand in that thing and jar it the F open by making more trades, more moves, whatever. I think it's open and it's there. And if I'm wrong and I may be, it has to go the other way, but my, it's there. My last comment that I'll have on uh, this, since this has gotten, we, we've been all over the map. On this. <laughs> right. Uh, just from personal experiences, this feels a lot like the end of the Matt Duchesne era apps where they have a couple of star players, but they lack some direction and it's gotten to be kind of a toxic environment and you don't totally know what to do to fix it. You've got some star talent that you believe in, uh, some top young guys that you really believe in, but you aren't a hundred percent sure how to put it all together. I don't know if Jeff Breidich is the guy or not. We didn't know that Joe Sackick was the guy. Certainly the beginning of his his tenure as Avs GM, his very first year. I was going to say there's an interesting title. analogy here, yeah. He won he won a division title and then missed the postseason for the next three years and bottomed out with the worst, one of the worst, what was the worst team in modern history until delightfully last year's Detroit Red Wings were even worse. And then <laughs> now you survey anybody in hockey and you ask him who's the best GM and Joe Sackick is the top three answer unanimously. Every, he would not be outside of the top three for a single person that has any idea of what they're talking about in in the NHL. And is that where this goes with Jeff Breidich, or does this go the other way where he's a, totally. do you remember that one time when kind of guy? Um, but they're, they're what at was that the Duchesne deal? Right what was what? I, I, I mean, did, when he was traded, right? Yeah. And, and for a bunch of young, really good prospects that I was gonna say. They, moved him, they moved him in a three-way deal where they got seven pieces from two teams. And was that instrumental in the turnaround or was it just a thing? It kickstarted the entire thing. That it is it is the it is the move that started the current era of the apps. It's the one thing that when I write a book about when they win a Stanley Cup this year, it's going to be the moment that that deal happened, the entire organization changed. So is is if if hockey is anything like baseball, that means trade Nolan Arenado. Is that what that means? I think it does. I'm just saying. It feels it feels comparable. Yeah, and that's not to say that that's the only way out. That's right. just how the Abs found their way out. Because before, the only reason I'm hammering away that I am like I am at culture is because I've lived this. I've lived this exact. Right. There is no culture. There is no direction. What the hell is going on with this franchise? I've lived this before. Now I'm on the other side of it, getting to cover a team that's figured it all out and can do no wrong. So I don't know about you, Drew. I think AJ needs to be the next GM of the Rockets. I was going to say, I think he solved it. No, yeah. I'm in. I'm Team AJ. Uh, Let's go. Dick I think Doc so. Monford at you guys Rockies. would not be thrilled with how I started. Haefeli <laughs> is spelled H-A-E-F-E-L-E. Yeah. When you send your emails to Dick Monford, he yeah. is responding. 
AJ is. at thedmbr.com. So <laughs> that's that's where you can hit me up. Dick Rocky's GM offer. <laughs> I, I think maybe if, if AJ breaks any news about a Rocky's New Jersey with a Stadium Series logo on it or something, I, this is just could be a perfect crossover for you, gentlemen. I love talking with you. This this does this will not get old. This is a good back and forth. We might not agree, but we do agree for our passion for baseball and for the Colorado Rockies. And for that, I could not, I could not yeah. throw any shade your guys' way. I, I love talking with you guys. Uh, this was not the expectation for today's show, but it, <laughs> ended, up, it ended up being a great conversation. I so to get back to the question. I said, do you to want to come to- on and talk hot stove? Not would, do, would you like to come on and fight with me about the okay. current state of the Rockies? <laughs> so to get back to the question uh, 60 minutes ago. So the Lindor the trade, trade, what was your yes. final take? So yeah. The Mets trade of Lindor was fantastic. As we said. So now Mets was... in Atlanta are going to be, you know, first place in a wild card, Padres and Dodgers, first place in wild card. Oh, no, wait, we're back here again with the Broncos. Oh. Forget I said oh. it. Forget I said it. Fantastic stuff. All right. Well, we, yeah, totally. And and as we've said before, you know, these are the kinds of conversations that actually do go on inside of uh, front offices and stuff. Hopefully they do it with a little more, you know, information than we did today. But still, <laughs> you, you got to know you got to have those back and forth with the people that you disagree with, but respect. Otherwise, your organization isn't getting any better uh, in any organization, really. So want to thank everyone for hanging out with us through this one today. Let us know your thoughts on. I, I guess the hot stove, but also uh, the Colorado Rockies and uh, their current state of f- culture. <laughs> I guess we're going with that. Uh, make sure you check out the DFA show where we had D-line Eric Weedham. You say the whole thing together. Uh, he was making sure to break down people's faces for you. You can't miss Eric Weedham breaking down people's faces. It really was one of the stranger moments in the history of the podcast. So you've got to check that one out. You got to make sure you're following everybody on social media at Patrick D lines at Drew Creaseman at AJ Hayfley. You got to follow at DNVR avalanche. Cause you know, they're getting ready to kick their season off. They're going to have a lot of fun out there. We're going to also try to have fun at DNVR underscore Rockies. So it'll be slightly different in nature. I would assume either way. We're having a great time here at the DNVR family. So make sure you're subscribed. You get discounts on hats and shirts and, Mass, you get a bigger beer when you come back down to the newly reopened DNVR bar, which is just for a few events right now, 25% capacity, but still check on the website, see if they're open, go down and get one of yours, get a draft beer of Breck Brew. It's really, really good. I highly recommend it. And when you subscribe, you get to hang out with us in the Discord and talk about music or video games or pro wrestling or skiing and snowboarding or whatever you want, man. We're a big happy family here at DNVR. We appreciate having you all around. We absolutely love that you will continue to be absolutely awesome. You know we'll continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons, Drew Creaseman, and AJ Hayfley. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark. <laughs>